Hello there. General Kenobi. Well, I hope it doesn't take too long. So uncivilized. That's good. You've taken your first step into a larger world. Rest in peace, this opening. Oh, yeah, rest in peace. Well, until season two. Until season two. Because uh, that's that's probably happening. Because God forbid you get a cash cow and then you, you know, make steaks out of it. Of course, we're going to continue to feed the cow that is, um, you know, making unnecessary content with legacy characters. What is up, everybody? It is your boy. It's ConCon. Uh, sitting here back. to wrap up kenobi which i actually didn't mind it i know my you know look i i gotta be a little controversial that's not the word anyway sitting uh, to my left yes what's up the casual kid aka jordan there it is and sitting uh below <laughs> the face tracking is moving your camera <laughs> oh what's up justin <laughs> what's up guys and a rep <laughs> report is true Boiling reporting right now. <laughs> yeah, for <laughs> reporting from the coldest lifeless outpost i'm not even gonna say it it's, it's tyler you can say it <laughs> it's tyler but your boy is the star wars cynic as i there it is refer to as <laughs> yeah. thanks for having cynic. me again yeah guys tonight on the 137th episode of concon's cantina we are going to be wrapping up kenobi talking about how we felt about the show uh things like favorite characters favorite scenes uh our overall rating what we liked what we didn't like and if we are going to be having a season two all that sort of stuff uh guys you already know patreon thank to each and every single one of our patreons sir uh, for supporting us every single month head over to patreon.com slash concons cantina uh where you can find exclusive content feel that fomo Go over there and for just that, uh, $3. Death Road to Canada. You got to watch them. <laughs> we got Death Road to Canada. Man, we got video games. We're playing. Jordan is playing with all the Patreon members on video games. Not a, you know, not. Yep. Spark Go ahead, Jordan. Yeah, tell, <laughs> yeah. tell them about it. So we are currently uh, having a run where I put all the Patreon members into Death Road to Canada and us hosts. And so we're trying to survive getting uh, through the Death Road. So uh this first run is a lot of fun but i'm going to do a second one so if you want to be a part of that second run join our patreon uh you'll get to be a randomized character and uh yeah it's been a lot of fun so uh, definitely oh. make sure you go check out our patreon information it'll be uh there'll be a link in the description below as always. the dogs a lot were of, uh... going crazy i had to go <laughs> shut the door we have a lot of awesome uh exclusive episodes too on some things we don't cover some marvel stuff uh, that's came out and we do that all on patreon at least right now that's what we've been doing it covering yeah. it on yep yep too much to uh you know cover all uh in one so that is the easiest way to do it is doing it through patreon and it gives us more to talk about uh we have done again like justin said moon knight uh we have not talked about miss marvel i don't know if we we need to are going to i i, I haven't watched episode need to. one yet yeah highly highly mm -hmm. i mean it's the highest rated mcu show right now uh, i mean as far it's... as the fans they're being stupid review bombing it for silly reasons but it is a truly 
a great Fantastic. Marvel show. I love it so far. Well, Game guys, if Star Patreon Wars. is... Yeah, oh, don't... Mm, well, we're going to get there. If Patreon is not your gig, guys, totally understand one way that you can support this podcast is sharing, liking, leaving a review. As always, if you leave a review that makes us laugh, we will send you a t-shirt. You know you want one of these tri-blend cantina shirts, okay? The softest shirts Pure in the galaxy. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> you would think that Bantha scrotum is more like leather. It's not. It's more like cotton. Yeah, it's nice. Yep. Very it's soft. nice. Yeah, very soft. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, of course, we are a cantina podcast. So we're going to go into the cantina right now. Welcome to Con Con's Cantina. What are you having? But remember, no droids. I forgot that I'm using NVIDIA Broadcaster. Mm-hmm. So it's not going to pick up the cork pop, <laughs> which is a little depressing. <laughs> but anyway, uh, tonight... You know, I asked if I had had this on the podcast before. Eagle Rare, a very, very coveted bottle of bourbon. Um, you know, I think it's a little overhyped. Um, if you can definitely, yeah, here it is. Yeah, definitely overhyped in Florida. Uh, in other states, you can just get it. I mean, it's like water on the shelf. Like it's yeah. it's everywhere. Florida, it is difficult. Um, you know, some of us have our honey holes where we find it on the on the regular uh, on the nose. It's very, very caramel. caramel. Uh, it's very, very sweet. And the last time I was drinking um, Eagle Rare uh, Neat, I did not care for it. I actually thought that it was very, very earthy. So this has probably been two years or so since I've had Eagle Rare. I just opened this bottle tonight. Nice. Hate it. Too earthy. No, no. I don't think Too it's earthy, earthy anymore. Tastes like mud. No, um... <laughs> You, you know, Justin, what's my usual complaint when it comes to whiskeys? What do I want more of? Mm, you want a high proof. Strong I want I want a high proof. Um, the flavor is good. There's no burn on the back end. Six out of ten. Definitely, I would drink it neat. I would not mix it. I definitely think that this would be neat and neat only. And, you know, Justin, we're a sucker for labeling and the mm. little, like, etching on the bottle, man. It's so, it's sick. Simple. Top it's 10. sick. It's simple, neat, and clean. Yeah. But it, I, I like it. It reminds me of Elvish. American spirit with that eagle, you know? America. America. <laughs> Whiskey. Yeah. Uh, yeah, six six out of ten. Uh, definitely overhyped. But if you can get it at retail, which retail should be anywhere from 30 to $38. I would never spend anything more than $38 for this. Uh, very, very I good. Agree. Six out of ten. Jordan, I made a cocktail tonight. Uh, this was a recipe my wife sent over to me. Um, it is it literally called a Campari margarita with orange juice. Ooh! I prefer to call it a Tatooine sunrise. Oh, okay. Uh, hey, hey. Uh, it's uh, it's Campari, uh, silver tequila, lime juice, orange juice, a little simple syrup, and it is delicious it's a i love that we're all slurring already and that are just <laughs> it's been a long day already. yeah it's been a long day uh, i feel like uh, every single week it's uh, been a long day <laughs> um yeah no, we need it, vacations no oh, yeah More uh have uh oh, wait, i, I like the out. cocktail a lot it just has too it's too sweet i i pared down the simple syrup but because of the sweetness of orange juice 
it, it just it's still too sweet. Um, other than that, it's it's fantastic. It's solid seven. It is a solid nice. seven out of ten. Uh, would recommend. Jay Breezy. Well, I literally got home five minutes before we started to record, so I did not have time to make anything fancy or delicious. So I am just drinking a draft uh, Amberbach because it was in my kegerator and easy to pour. So it's <laughs> nothing special. Eight out of ten Fo- all day. It's fantastic. <laughs> Fo- follow me. <laughs> follow me on this train of thought. What's that? I love thinking that Justin obviously paid for this keg. <laughs> but when he gets home and he pours it's that beer, it's free. <laughs> it's, it's free. I, it's completely free. I didn't pay for it. Oh, free beer. Like, oh, free beer. Like, not free, but anyway. Oh, All right, Cynic. What are you drinking? So today I'm drinking Cosmic Crown from Cigar Beer Savory. as cold as his takes. Yes. <laughs> yes. So Cosmic Crown is a Belgian style strong golden ale so it's a bit Ooh. closer to a darker beer i guess you say um i love it i love golden ales wheat ales not an ipa guy they're as disgusting as the sequel trilogy they should be spit oh. out <laughs> oh my gosh stop <laughs> this but, guy already chris refreshing I, I i love it and the reason it's a strong golden ale is uh it's a nine percent beer yeah. and it fits the theme tonight because it's brewed with galaxy hops so nice. the best nice. galaxy hops from kessel you know what's the I rating just, for it yeah what's the rating rating i would give it a solid 8.5 out of 10 <clears throat> oh eight what, oh, okay hang on hang a whole, whole, whole. eight jedi one youngling yeah okay there we go yeah yeah eight jedi and one padawan would leave exile for this yes <laughs> or it was eight jedi and darth maul that's the that's the half yeah yeah ten you know us would leave exile for this beer Ten Rivas with Leave Exile. You know, Justin, I I'll have to talk to you about this later. Cause I don't got? I don't want to I don't want to What is that? I went I, okay, come on. Come on. You went to Toll Road. Come on. Toll Road, of course. Cream come on. Cream yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on. Okay. So <clears throat> I'm gonna get this out of the way. Mm-hmm. We're we're we're, uh, we're we're getting put up. We're getting put up in Toll Road, okay? We're getting put up in Toll Road because I, f- like I found out some. D- yep, yep. I found out some details about somebody encrouching on my watering hole, Ooh, and we've uh-oh. talked about those details. And let's just say that those uh, sips of water have not been as fruitful as promised. Hmm. So, you have any idea what I'm talking about? Of course. Yeah, no, you don't. Exactly. Oh my god. Okay. Yeah. Listen. All right. So do we want to get in the controversy now, or do we want to just go with the outline? Because I feel like the controversy will be fun. Controversy sells. I mean, controversy does sell. So what I mean yeah. by controversy, con, don't bring it up. Controversy <laughs> is Tyler. You did not like Kenobi. Um, I wouldn't say I didn't like it. I would say that the last two episodes saved its collective bacon, as it were. Uh, if it did not end on a strong note, it would have been in Book of Boba Fett territory. And nobody wanted that result for such an anticipated show. It's fair. I think it's that's fair. very fair. Yeah. Um, my overall rating for the show 
uh, is going to be a, a 7 out of 10. Um, just some of my... If we, if we go by, if you rate every single episode, the, the median is 7 out of 10. Episodes 5 and 6 were very, very strong. There were some other ones that weren't strong, um, but I will still die on the hill that we need no more context with legacy characters and if we do have context with legacy characters it is a mandalorian cameo it is making a couple of fanboys lose their mind because the worst character in all of star wars shows up and swings his lightsaber for a couple of seconds that's that's all we need no more skywalkers no more kenobi no no more again i enjoyed the show i like the show no more yeah, I, honestly, no, I have to agree there. It honestly makes me afraid of the Ahsoka show because she might not be a legacy character as far as like OG trilogy legacy character, but she has such a massive, massive following and a very hardcore fan base that I feel like that could possibly be in the same water as Book of Boba Fett and Obi-Wan because people have too many formed opinions going into it of what they deserve to see. But there's a big difference between Book of Boba Fett, Kenobi, and the Ahsoka show. Yeah, I think Ahsoka, I wouldn't say she has a clean slate, but she has an 80% slate you can work with. Kenobi, he's boxed in you know, mm-hmm. by Revenge of the Sith, New Hope, his death. There's only so much they can do with the character in exile because it's not like he should be taking a stroll every two weeks to rescue <laughs> yeah. the princess of Alderaan. Ahsoka, she's not part of the Jedi Order. There's so much more leeway. She was in Rebels. You got 30, 35 years between Return of the Jedi and Rise of Skywalker where she's confirmed to be dead. So that's a lot to play with for originality. Yeah. So I think Ahsoka should be okay. But I get where the hype comes in, kind of like Kenobi. And you don't want to be disappointed. So we I, also let's hope they do well. I, I do think, I do think the uh, Andor show is going to be the banger, just like Mandalorian was, because nobody's going to have any. You expectation know, I was thinking that too, it. Justin. Yeah, low expectations equals jumping over the bar. I got high expectations for Andor, and I still mm-hmm. think that show is going to slap because it's going to be 007 like spy thriller stuff. But the the difference that I was saying between uh obi and uh book of boba fett and ahsoka is john favreau has his promotion coming up with Andor and ahsoka so with his promotion he's executive producing absolutely everything which i think will make a, a huge difference mm-hmm. yeah. well go oh go ahead jordan oh no 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 i i agree with all of those points and if you know, it was hard sledding watching this week to week. Uh, I think being able to watch it all in one go made it better. Uh, but uh, yeah, it the like you guys said, the end saved it. Them adding something from you know canon and correcting something, not correcting, but clarifying canon uh, was probably one of the biggest points of the entire show. And. Uh, yeah, sol- solid, solid seven out of ten. Like my drink. <laughs> what what about what about you, Tyler? If you had to give that out of ten, so I just added up my episode ratings and did an average for the whole show, and mm-hmm. I got a mean of five point eight three. But as cynical okay. as I am, I'm feeling a bit generous. So let's round that up to a six. 
we have to round it up to a six. That's basic math. Like, we have to. I we have to. My point eight if I want. Okay, it's, it's my grading skill, not yours. <laughs> I was about to say you're like I'm feeling generous. 6, I'll, I'll yeah. make it a, a five point nine. Yeah. This guy's like IGN in the nineties. Eight three point yeah. ones would leave exile for this show. Yeah. Oh, I I don't know what I give it, man. I th- I think I'm. I'm probably on board with around where Connor said with a seven, maybe depending on which episode I watched last, it could be a six or an eight, but I think seven is a really good kind of average score for it. Yeah. Mine is, uh, episode one and eight episode two, a seven episode three and eight episode four, a two episode, uh, five, a nine and episode six, a nine. And that equals to 7.1. So seven out of 10 for me. It's interesting because I had episode four a higher ranked than you. I gave it a five. Um, I actually enjoyed episode four first run through. Are there a lot of problems? You betcha, which is why I got that yeah. five out of ten. But it was such a slick, fast-paced produced show. The writing and the uh, suspension of disbelief is really what dragged down episode four. That you can just stroll into one of the most heavily armed Imperial bases and grab a senator's daughter who is being held by very powerful force users. Oh, and then hide her under your jacket, you know, like a PlayStation or something. <laughs> Just walk out of the building. I, I, think people, I, th- that. I think people I think people uh Fozzie bared it out of there. Yeah, I was I was talking I was talking to Jonathan today and we both agreed that this is his point, which is a great point. Is he does not think that's Disney Star Wars, whatever you want to call it, knows who they're marketing to. And what a lot of older fans are forgetting is Star Wars is for kids. Disney slash Star Wars isn't a place where do they cater towards OG fans? Do they cater towards uh, the PowerPoint junkies that like the, uh, the endorphin hits every time they see their favorite character on screen for five seconds? Or are they delving into long storytelling for the lore junkies and the EU people, they they've got three different roads, and they and they can't pick one. Mm-hmm. So it's like episode by episode, it changes. Oh, this is a kids show. Kenobi's carrying around in her jacket. You know, episode six, we have you know the Avenger style in game where dudes throwing rocks with the Force. We've never seen this in, on visually in Star Wars ever. You know, like I don't know. I just feel like they can't pick a lane. Well, but here's my thing: Rebels and Clone Wars. For kids, absolutely. For adults, also absolutely. So they've proven that Star Wars can make that lane work, that it can appeal to everyone. And using your Endgame reference, Disney has done a bang-up job of making the MCU accessible to all audiences. So Mm -hmm. this might be my cynical, cold take, but Disney just needs to get its crap together and find a way to make it. I mean, if Kevin Feige can do it, you know, so can Kathleen Kennedy. She's been in Hollywood for, what, 40 years? Uh, you know, criticize her if you want, but she does have knowledge, and she does know what she's doing in some ways. So, you know, I don't hate her for anything, but I think she's capable of much more, especially with John Favreau on board now. So that's, to me, also why Kenobi was a letdown. You had a great director. You had a great Hollywood producer. You know, you had so many resources uh, going into this show for such a great character and it, like i said as good as the last two were and as much as it saved it you know those first four 
Ugh, jeez. First you episode know, is great, man. You can't say first four. Yeah, first, first, yeah, enjoy, first episode. First I enjoyed for the novelty factor, but I don't think it will age well once you watch it as part of the whole show. Because you'll go back and be like, what could have been for those episodes in between? Uh, I believe I gave episode one a six or a seven. So. Let, let's get some... Uh, oh, go ahead, Jordan. Sorry. Do you guys feel like... Um... I, I, ha I don't know if I made this comment on, on previous episodes, but it kind of feels like they took the show and they knew the first episode and then they knew the last two and then just filled in in between. Do, do, did you ever get that feeling yes. going through the series again that they, they knew where they wanted to start and where they wanted to end and they just figured out what was going to be in the middle? I think so. And you got to remember, there were a lot of rewrites. Uh, I don't know if they were specifically just for the last episode, but they said because it was too similar to Mandalorian with the whole Grogu thing. But we ended up getting baby Leia, <laughs> you know, so mm -hmm. what were the purpose of the rewrites? Maybe they were yeah. trying to fill it, those uh, gaps, as Jordan said. Hollywood is suffering from the bear and the cub thing on every, every platform, every platform. Uh, I mean, it was just in... It was just in Doctor Strange. Uh, it, it, it's 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 this it's the tale of good versus evil. The new one is the 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 bear and the cub. And mm -hmm. I'm not saying that I'm necessarily over it, but yes, uh, I do believe that the rumors of the rewrites for oh this is too similar to Mandalorian Grogu. You know, like audiences are tired of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but at the same time, uh, let's just, hey let's get some good in here. Favorite characters. My favorite character, Leia, hands down. I'll adopt really? that kid if her she parents die. A, uh, no, she was not. Uh, no, she was not. Running away and like, girl, just stop running away from me. Yeah, well, okay. Let, let, let's be honest. All she needed was the backpack with the leash. Okay, that's that's all she needed. Yeah. Let's let's run our uh, uh, child, who's actually the daughter of a famous Jedi turned Sith Lord. Just let her run free in the forest. Yeah, nothing could possibly go wrong without guards. Yeah. <laughs> no, nah, she 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 was my she was my favorite. I thought the actress did fantastic. Such a great uh what's the word I'm looking for? A rendition of Leia. Nothing uh -huh. we I wouldn't have expected anything more than than what we saw from Kid Leia. So that's my favorite character the whole show. I think I enjoyed uh, her see, at I, times for sure. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to say obviously Obi-Wan or Anakin slash Darth. I feel like they're kind Do of Do it. Like Do it. Do it. Do it. Like we know what they Do are. It. Uh -huh. For sure, my favorite character I think would have to be uh, Tala. I think she was the most interesting. She yep. was the coolest backstory, the coolest story. Like she was somebody I want more of, but she died. But like she was awesome. Yeah. She like sucked me in for sure. Yeah. That's that was my favorite character too. Uh, her imperial background and seeing the progression of her going from joining the empire thinking it was the right thing going through the traumatic experience that she did hunting down jedi to changing and go seeing that whole progress and seeing how much it, it hurt her but yet she can still be a reliable spy it was such a great character uh to be put into the show is that still is that also your favorite character yeah what about you cynic <laughs> well uh hot take my favorite character was the corpse of quinlan bose no, so I think Tala was he's, great. He's he's dead, one hundred percent dead. My guy yeah. is as dead as everybody else in that amber. He's dead as the dodo man, as they used to say back in the day. Uh, so no, I uh did like Tala. 
I'd say she's my second favorite. But you know what? I'm going to go with Darth Vader. Uh, you can say that's cliche or whatever, but here, here you're saying stop going the Skywalker saga well. Well, they went to that well, and there was still water uh, from Hayden Christensen and from Anakin Skywalker yeah. and from Darth Vader he, and James Earl Jones. You put those factors together, and you got them all together, and somehow, some way, you still brought more complexion to both Anakin Skywalker and Darth Vader. You improved his arc. You gave him more backstory. And that's so hard to do, as Justin said. We're, you know, It's hard to do with legacy characters. They got baggage. You, you, know, you got the books. You got the comics. You got the movies. Nah. Darth Vader knocked it out of the park. Everyone who went into that writing, acting, and the voiceover, thank you so much. Favorite character, hands down, the show. Mm-hmm. Well, speaking uh, speaking of favorite character, I, I, are we all going to have episode six as our favorite episode? Because that's our next subject is favorite episode. <laughs> and by far, episode six for me. I'm not even going to go into it. I'll let somebody else talk. I mean, I, I, I agree, you know, not to hog the spotlight or talk too much. But man, episode six, uh, as I said in... Uh, kit, can I use slightly unfriendly adult language in this podcast, or is this still family friendly? I mean, how unfriendly? You about PG to curse somebody out? Yeah, yeah PG thirteen. Just, uh, PG thirteen. And that Let's doesn't. Just, and that doesn't mean you get one F word. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Ian Malcolm here. Uh, did it. Those sons of a bitches actually did it. Yeah, he yeah. Made the best piece of Star Wars content since Rogue One. Don't at me. Mm. For what, episode six? Episode six. It was true Star Wars. It was a piece of canon. It was Star Wars lore at its finest. It had everything you wanted. Great dialogue, cheesy moments of emotion, an amazing duel. I mean, yeah. Thank you, Disney. Uh, Mm. After eight out of ten tries, you finally got it right. (laughs) Eight eight out of ten tries. What what about you, Justin? I'm going to go episode one just to have something different. Because the part about it that I did enjoy was seeing broken Obi-Wan and just, like, how it just wrecked him and who he was, like, down to his core values, pretty much, and his connection to the Force. Because, like, just getting to see, like, end of Revenge of the Sith and the battle and the, you were my brother, Obi-Wan, and how, like, just upset he was there, and then Padme dying, and then, like, it didn't get better for him. Like, it's not like he went to Tatooine and just, like, did his thing. Like, he was still hard PTSD, mm-hmm. dreaming nightmares about it. Like, I enjoyed, in a, I guess I should, that's weird to say I enjoyed that. But, like, that was, a, that was good storytelling. It was good character building for the character. And, and one thing I agree with you there is how they, uh, you know, a lot of fans were unhappy about this because it took till episode four. But uh, it kind of hindered his ability to use the Force to contact Qui-Gon to be a powerful Jedi like he was. Uh, It actually reminded me of one of my favorite character arcs of Legends, the Exile. She had so much pain and trauma in one moment, she had to cut herself off from the Force in order to survive it. So Obi-Wan wasn't completely cut off, but it fits with that running theme that when uh, Force users go through something very traumatic... They have to either minimize or even cut off their contact with the Force. And it also made sense because, hey, if Vader's trying to sense Obi-Wan through the Force as obsessed as he was, Obi-Wan accessing it would be a big 
neon light saying, mm -hmm. come get me. Yeah, you know, so good credit to Deborah Chow and the writers for getting that right off yeah. the bat in episode one. Absolutely. Uh, episode five for me was just a really, really well done episode. It had I loved getting Reva's backstory. We kind of knew it, but to to see it and to see the emotion she went through. Also, going back and forth between flashbacks, um, you know, with Anakin and Obi-Wan and seeing how they knew each other still and that connection that they had and, uh, you know, spending all that time together, they knew how they each person was going to be doing, you know, they knew the next person's actions. Of course, you know, Tala and her story, you get more from that. Uh, I, I absolutely loved episode five. Six, it was, six is great and it's an all-timer, but five did so much to kind of start wrapping things up and answering some questions that I, I really loved that episode. How did we feel about Deborah, Deborah Chow's directing? So we've seen her direct before in Mandalorian seasons one and two, uh, but she directed this entire show. Uh, does anybody have anything notable to mention, or would you like to see Deborah direct again? I think she did awesome in Mandalorian, and I think that I don't know if it's the directing so much that was holding this back as much as writing and executive produ production. I think mm -hmm. if she had those two things. There was nothing wrong with her directing and the way she was telling the story. I no. just think she suffered of not the best story, and honestly. I mean, no, and you, you, oh, you can ahead. tell uh, that from the cinematography, up. and you, you can mm -hmm. tell it from the the settings that they were in. You, the, everything They built great worlds, and we got to go to several new planets that were all unique. Uh, I I really liked the way that she presented the show and uh yeah like 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 you said justin i really felt like it was riding in hollywood that got in her way so i would love to see her do more stuff and i, and I have questions for this because i didn't realize this until i googled it this show had four executive producers yikes that is way way too much too kathleen much. kennedy uh michelle I'm going to say the last name wrong, so I'm not even going to try. Deborah Chow and Ewan McGregor. Uh, I did know that Ewan had a lot of say in the show, but I didn't realize he was executive producing. I'm sure a lot of, for Ewan, I mean, once you get to a certain point in your career as an actor, you just get your name as an executive producer. Yeah, honorary title. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Um, yeah, towards his end I mean, of I'm Star sure he Trek, loves Gene Roddenberry, yeah, executive consultant, but he was hardly on set, you know, towards the end of his life. It was just a... Hey, thank you for everything you've done. So maybe yeah. that was the case with Ewan and uh, Kathleen. Yeah, no, it makes sense. Uh, my biggest takeaway from Deborah is uh, I definitely think she can crack at Star Wars more, but a lot of the show was shot in free cam. And it might just be a yeah, me thing because when I tell this to a lot of people, a lot of people don't realize it. So again, it's me. I love watching movies. I don't love watching movies that do this. Cloverfield. All the time the second board oh my gosh Gu guys we have tripods we have giant electronic arms why are we shooting in freehand in 2022 it doesn't look good 
it's 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 right in certain settings like when people are talking very very uh, a chase very very intimate heavy conversations but a lot of this show was shot in free cam and i'm like oh my gosh like why is the screen shaking why and and i don't know it's just it it, again that could be a me thing as you can tell by my over dramatic shaking of my actual camera but that's how i felt in the show it detracted so much from it and i think it is a terrible terrible directing choice to ever do free cam i don't get it you're not dramatic not at all i mean i'm the cynic so nothing compares you know in terms of drama true (laughs) let's say let's say this uh i have a a view of things to me the director is like the captain of the ship it could be some grunt down at the boiler room who screwed things up but ends up falling back on you so my things with the show were as justin said the writing and similar to your complaint, I think the cinematography, it was too dark. Especially the last episode, I was having to turn up the brightness on my TV. I shut all my blinds, turn off the lights, and it's still so dark, I can barely make out Obi-Wan in the beginning when he lands on the planet. Uh, I don't know what Deborah Chow was thinking. And if it was the cinematographer's fault, well, that kind of falls back on her. I mean, yeah. it may be a harsh take, but I think as a director, she's great. And what she did for The Mandalorian was awesome. But the inconsistency in the show with everything I just mentioned, to me, that falls back on her. Um, But she'll learn. Uh, She's fantastic. She's talented. Uh, Nothing against her personally. Uh, You know, but if they could have fixed the writing and then the cinematography. And then also, uh, I don't agree with, uh, call me cynical. (laughs) I don't agree with uh, Casual Kid, you know, that... They added so many great planets. I thought Daya was just uh, Coruscant 2.0, but, you know, the ghetto of Coruscant, and then the mining Yeah, they literally planet. could have just gone to 1313. Right. The cor- like, and then the mining planet. Come on. Like, <laughs> yes, we know you just drove out two hours to Death Valley from Hollywood and filmed it yes, there. Yes, they did. Come on. Like, yeah. what happened to the days of Felucia and Camino? I mean, look how far we've I'll t- I'll tell you. I'll tell you what happened. This show had a budget that was 25% of Mandalorian. That's no what way. happened. 100%. Look it up. Yes, look it up. Oh, my goodness. What was – okay, come on, Kathleen Kennedy. I defended you earlier. What were you thinking now? Like pull, pull, pull budgets from all those stupid Marvel projects like Eternals and stuff and put it on Kenobi. Justin, you got something to say. I can see it. And it's not just because there's a box going around your face the whole time. <laughs> I – I still think, though, that budget thing is because they built the volume with the Mandalorian. I don't think that that's I, I don't, all I don't buy it. production. Don't buy it. You have your greatest character, generational character, most hyped, anticipated Star Wars show, uh, even more than I'd say Mandalorian, and you give it a 25% of Mandalorian? Like, I mean, Disney's there's no, hurt. There's no way, Justin, because they built more sets for Obi-Wan than they did for Mandalorian. Yeah, there was a lot of live That's not cheap. Sets. A lot of live action sets. Like Well, thanks for joining us this week. No, just <laughs> <laughs> uh, biggest missed opportunity. Now, I actually don't have a lot to say on this and the reason for that is because um I had a little thing about valid criticism and invalid criticism and saying, talking about things that we didn't see that we wanted to see is not valid criticism of the show. Uh, would I have loved to see a shot head? Sure. 
but we didn't. So I can't say, oh, the show sucked because I didn't see the shot hit. Uh, I guess biggest missed opportunity is for me would just be more time Hayden in prosthetic makeup being out of suit Vader. Uh, you know, we see, we see Vader in empire without the helmet. We know that he can exist without the helmet for a certain period of time. Um, have you guys seen that fan art where Vader has his helmet off and he's in his throne chair from empire and all the zombie Jedis are behind him and it's like tormenting him. Mm-mm. I have oh. not. I'll send. I'll send the picture out later. But anyway, I just again, I would have liked to have seen more inner monologue with Hayden. I think Hayden was extremely underused yeah. uh, in the show, and that's what uh, led to the cash grab or you know cash cow comment that I made earlier with the show. Is the PR for this show was insane. I thought that this was just going to be Hayden and you in 14 hours every episode 10 episodes and it and it wasn't uh so biggest missed opportunity is just more time with with hayden we got uh, a decent amount of time with ewan but not enough time with hayden yep. I, I agree with that i think that's a perfect i don't know if i want to call it a criticism but like a wish we would have gotten it type of a thing a missed opportunity yeah uh them not being actual hour-long episodes that was that which the pr also said yeah that yeah. that was such it's a, a tough opportunity look. especially for yeah. episodes where y- you needed a little more time yeah to, to do more stuff like episode four they could have added so many other extra things padded it, not even padded it just no padded is a great, great word it's they, they they could have put more in there you know if, if you're going to kill Quinlan Voss. Don't have him be this small little thing in the background actually be like, oh my goodness, he's here. You know, that kind of thing. So um yeah, that that was a that was a missed opportunity in my eyes is to just have a little more content and not have the episode range of time be all over the place. Yeah. Yeah. Tyler Cynic lately. Yeah. Yeah. So um Call us my cynical take. The uh, let's get a positive biggest... one after this, Tyler. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Jesus, Man, dude. I, ha- I have my role, and I'm going to play it, okay? Uh, so, um, <laughs> the biggest missed opportunity for me, and it might sound silly, was the Inquisitors. So, Reva, mm. actress, fantastic actress. We saw the range in episode six. Where was that? We also And saw... Queen's Gambit. Yeah, and mm. also we saw these other two inquisitors and the grand inquisitor they were basically chess pieces but stationary the whole show they would just mm-hmm. show up say some threatening words to reva like oh you're disobeying the grand inquisitor i expected some fights i expected some showdowns mm-hmm. between obi-wan trying to outrun these inquisitors you know even if they weren't full-on duels some interaction if you think about it the only inquisitor who actually interacted at all with Kenobi was Reva. Go back and rewatch the show. Yep. None of the other three did. They were just stage props. And it's a shame because you had great actors, you had great Star Wars lore to draw on, and you're just, I don't know, ignoring them. No, Fifth Brother was awesome. Yeah, he's an awesome Fifth Brother was awesome. 
and and I was so happy to seeing uh, Kang Sue be fifth brother. Mm-hmm. Uh, missed opportunity was him not eating something from the Star Wars universe. <laughs> Justin, <laughs> Justin, you didn't snack. hear this, but I know you're Sorry, gonna have some. I was refilling my beer. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the biggest missed opportunity: Kang Sue not eating something when he was on oh, screen. God, <laughs> yeah. yes. Huge missed opportunity. <laughs> I mean, opportunity wasn't him in a speeder race with Tokyo Drift playing. Exactly. And, uh, he needs exactly. A he needs a toothpick, something, a pod race. Yeah. 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 No, the the Inquisitors and underused, <clears throat> underwritten. That's for sure. Simple. And and a lot of people give reva a really really hard time in this show and i I don't think it's all warranted i think some of it is warranted not all of it if we copy and pasted reva into a inquisitor show 10 out of 10 character Mm -hmm. is really an inquisitor former jedi wants revenge on vader fantastic but you put her in kenobi where the show is literally called obi-wan kenobi and she is sharing screen time that rivals Kenobi, it doesn't yeah. fit. It no, doesn't Kenobi fit. deserved the most screen time, but I still wanted to see him kick those Inquisitors, Inquisitors down a peg or two. Seeing him, seeing them fight. Yeah, you know, it doesn't have yeah. to be a fight, but even a verbal sparring or force match, you know, just something. But instead, they're just telling Reva, you better not do this or mm-hmm. wait till your dad gets home, you know, like, come mm-hmm. on. I mean, it was it was exciting when we had that one little moment where uh, was it fifth brother? Or was it the Grand Inquisitor that like four seats are down on the table? Yeah, like yeah. that was like, a, <gasps> like more of that fifth brother. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Will we get a season two? I sweet God, hope not. Yeah, no. go away. I, no, I like that away. one. I like that one post that like season two is just a new hope. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like here's my pitch for season two. It's like Obi Wan Kenobi with the help of Luke Skywalker <laughs> rescue Princess Leia from the Death Star. And Darth Vader. Yeah, it, and Darth Vader. Yeah, it was it was hilarious. Uh, there's 100% gonna be a season two. One hundred percent. Come on. One hundred percent. I'm not I'm saying it because I want man. it. There's just there's one hundred percent going to be a season two. What are they um, doing? Training his EOP? <laughs> I, yes. Okay, I will. I will say, I will not have a problem with a season two if it's a mostly flashback to live action Clone Wars. Mm. Okay. I don't even know if I want that. I want new what? Star Wars. I want new oh, Star Wars. Yeah. I have the Clone Wars. I have the Clone Wars. I don't need the flashbacks in live action. Don't need it. Don't yeah, want it. But don't need hate, it. More hate. Nope. Don't need He's, it. Don't want it. Our hearts have warmed up to him. Come on, man. You I'm know what? my cold heart for this actor because I want him back. <laughs> but okay. that could also be ruined with a second season. True. I mean, Kathleen Kennedy could just go off the rails at this point. Well, and the thing too is like when we see the the pictures of Vader and we see all the stuntmen in, in in the Vader suits, I'm like, how much Hayden was even on screen? Again, and that's where I said a big missed opportunity was not necessarily Clone Wars flashbacks, but having this this constant struggle between Anakin and Darth Vader that we see in Episode Six, and having this inner monologue with Hayden Christensen, having him deliver lines. It didn't have to be James Earl Jones the entire time until the last episode. You know, they literally went on a PR media tour across the entire world with Hayden, mm-hmm. and he mm-hmm. was in the show for thirty-seven seconds. Go count it. 
It's 37 seconds. Come on. 37 seconds? I mean, did you count the flashbacks in episode 5? Because I'm pretty sure those were like no, you're right, 30 you're seconds right. Yeah. to a minute long. I was talking the, on the, va- the Vader aspect uh, of it. Like him. percent okay. of statistics are made up on the spot anyway. Yes. Yeah. What just? <laughs> 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 Wait, uh, uh-huh. that, got, that got me. <laughs> that did get him, yeah. <laughs> Jordan Evelyn Mosby. <laughs> All right, oh. let's... Let's let's wrap up this discussion. I, I you know I got I got a final question. A lot of people have the audacity to say that this show breaks canon. Aww. And the cynic said something that was very very important earlier, which I was surprised to hear from the cynic. This show actually very very much enriches a new hope very 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 much between the relationship between vader and obi on a on a huge scale um if you do not believe that is true uh you're not watching star wars i don't know i don't know what you're watching you're watching something else yeah yeah you're watching something else i don't i don't know what you're watching i agree episode six adds weight yeah yeah that's what i'm talking about two episodes no no two episode four a new hope no 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 a lot of people said that like the 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 when i left you i was but the learner now i am the master said that this show didn't do that uh you know that it ruins this like you mentioned suspension of disbelief that's a huge thing that we talk about on the podcast very often It, it just didn't make sense and that's just not true it's not true it's very clear that obi Wan manhandles vader making that statement in A New Hope completely and utterly true. All right, because yeah. Vader was still falling prey to the same mistakes. I agree there. <laughs> and if, yeah, you, if, you, if you allow me to go off on a monologue here, because, uh, you know, I don't get screen time very often with your amazing podcast. Send it! <laughs> but, yeah, I agree in some aspects. I don't know if break is the word, but bend, yes. Um. Uh, my cynical what you talk take, what you talking about willis my cynical take is putting leia in the show to begin with was a mistake if you think about it the way leia acted in episode four i'm not talking about the hologram message you can yeah yeah you can bend it and contrive it and it, it could probably work but she sees obi-wan die as well and she's comforting luke she should be the one sad you know that the person who rescued her at 10, who rescued her droid, who she got close to in a period of just a few days, is is gone. And I think the way I look at it is if you have to bend and contrive to justify something in a script in terms of canon or continuity, I don't think it should be there. That's just my opinion. Call it mm. cynical. I don't want to have to go through my head like, well, it could work if this, this, and this are assumed or bended or, mm. or, or, or bent or whatnot. And so I think, you know, was the but juice, people, but people the juice will make worth that... the squeeze? That's my but, motto. Was the juice worth the squeeze? You know, was Leia yeah. really worth having in the show to bend canon? Some may but say people yes. People will make, no. but people will then make that exact same thing that you just said for things that they didn't like. So, I mean, I like Leia as the, the actor. No, 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 no. I what I, what I mean by that. Show. Yeah, but okay. So she doesn't belong in the show and she should have had more of a visceral reaction than Luke does in A New Hope. So everyone can say that. What everyone doesn't talk about 
is these movies were written in 77 for kids. What people also don't talk about is that in Luke's original, George's original writing, Leia was the chosen one, not Luke. So we have to find a happy medium of it was never intended to be this way. And that's why we need to get away from the Skywalkers. Quit messing with it. That is why. Well, I agree there in in some sense. Uh, But, you know, like I said, if you're writing a script and you're trying to fit it with the rest of the Star Wars universe, like I said, if in your head you have to make multiple excuses why this line or this scenario or this character showing up will fit, you're trying to jam the piece in the puzzle where it doesn't belong. And like I I, said, but I, I, but that's, I'm not jamming anything, but I'm not jamming or excusing anything. I can make it make sense. Well, and I think if it's entertaining enough, then. Yeah, the juice is worth the squeeze. But in this case, Leia, yes, I enjoyed her acting. But I don't think she overall enhanced the show so much that it was worth bending, not breaking, but bending, you know, some canon to get her in there. I think the other issue is that I just kept thinking about every episode and call it nitpicking. I mean, I am the cynic. Bail Organa asks Obi-Wan to rescue his daughter. Reva knows how to lure Obi-Wan out of hiding because he knew he was close to Bail Organa during the Clone Wars. Why doesn't Darth Vader go to Alderaan right after Episode Six? Because clearly, if that's what lured Obi-Wan out of hiding, and Darth Vader's not an idiot, how I'm, did he I'm not, so glad you asked this question. Yeah, now, how did he not put it together like, wow, Bail I'm, Organa I'm so glad you is asked in this question. contact with Obi-Wan Kenobi? <laughs> I could just go interrogate Bail. I don't think Bail would you know, give in under pressure. He'd probably die before he gave it the location. But either way... The Emperor and Darth Vader say, you know what? We know Bail Organa is obviously in contact with Obi-Wan because his daughter's kidnapping lured her, him out of hiding. So let's just leave him as a senator for another two year, ten years. To because the Senate. You just no, said it. You just said it. Right. No, you right. just said it. The Senate. No, you're wrong. The no. Senate is still. Yes, you are. The Senate, the Senate is, still is still in place. Far. But and it is Star Wars resources. They've killed Darth no. Vader killed senators in books because he knew they were traitors. He it's and they said in it A up. New Hope that they finally got rid of the Senate. And in right. this show, and in this show, in Episode Two, the Grand Inquisitor literally tells Riva, "You can't do this. We have rules right. to abide by. The Senate is still in place." The Empire cannot. He was an actual traitor, which they did at this point in the books and comics. They've executed and tortured senators, despite the Senate existing in the so-called rules, because they were a traitor. They were clearly part of the Rebel Alliance. He did it in Bright and New Hope. He did it to Princess Leia. He arrested her and tortured her before the Senate was dissolved. Because the very beginning, he said, "You are a member of the Rebel Alliance." What, Justin? Yeah. So. This is the, you know what this no 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 you can you can do the monologue but that is invalid criticism because you're talking about things that don't happen on the screen. All right, guys. we can only go based on what happens on screen. I just had to get it off my chest, man. Okay, I've been holding it for for five weeks. All right, cynics therapy session. Yes. Oh man, sounds like a notice episode. What grinds my ears. Jordan and Justin, do you understand where I'm coming from? In the comics and books, if a senator was truly a traitor, not blurred lines, not I suspect he's a traitor. Like, remember, it's not canon anymore, but the Darth Vader novel by James Lucino. Oh, it's it's not what anymore? 
uh, they found. Is it one anymore? I'm sorry. I didn't, I didn't hear that. Is my are my headphones turned up? Oh, they are. My bad. They're not what? Canon. This is just one example. Oh, okay. Fang Czar was found in Alderaan collaborating. And if you don't remember who Fang Czar is, he's the guy with the weird beard in the episode three deleted scenes. Um, and he and he had like the man bun. He was found on Alderaan collaborating with Bail Organa, and Darth Vader just did him in right on the spot. You're done. Mm-hmm. You're done. You're done. And there's still a Senate. There's still rules. I'm just saying it's incredulous that Darth Vader and the Emperor, knowing this, would allow Bail Organa to undermine him at every turn for nine years. If you want to get rid of someone like real world, the CIA finds a way to get rid of someone. They cover it up. Everyone buys the public story. Like, come on. That that was my only thing. I just think Leia, throwing Leia in there just through too many contrivances and excuses to bend everything, including the Bail Organa scenario. That's, I wouldn't say it broke canon, though. I will agree there. But that's my monologue. I think it bent, but not completely broke it. And you can decide if it was worth it based on the quality of the show or not. She was much more interesting than watching Luke build sandcastles because that dumb idiot of a character would have added nothing to the story. No, I didn't want Luke in there either, believe me. The the cameos we got Luke were great, but I didn't want him as a central pawn like Grogu or Leia. Like you said, we've had enough of Luke, and it also kind of ruins – it would have ruined Luke's vibe in Episode Four because – Lars is like, that guy's just a crazy old wizard. Stay away from him. So it implied that Luke had barely saw Obi-Wan. He's wondering, like, well, why can't I see Ben Kenobi? You know? So Yeah, the brief meeting they had, I thought, was perfect. Yeah. Yeah. You know? I'm done ranting. Feel free to criticize, respond. You know, go for it. (laughs) Justin, come on. You got to have something. No, (laughs) don't even. I will will kick you off the goddamn podcast if you don't say something right now. I think it's because he agrees with me, but he's afraid. He absolutely does not agree with you, and that's why I'm waiting for him to say something. This dude is trying to act like he's tired and all this stuff. What about you, Jordan? I'm sure you got a take on it. Come on. I really don't. This show is great. Oh yeah. my! Okay. Wow. Here, here's the wow. Right here. Here's the thing, and it's you it's know, the... Justin, you just need to take Justina's can- cantina out because if you don't even have anything to say, like holy freaking crap. Here's the thing. I I get your points, and it's it's valid. All of it's valid. Where you know, yes, the Empire should have the power to be able to just get rid of Bail Organa. They don't have the power yet. But, they do. It's they displayed it in all the movies. Yeah, but I I don't have enough Star Wars background knowledge. I I am the casual, the casual fan. The casual, the casual fan. Casual uh, fan. And as the casual fan, I wasn't bugged by any of that. Honestly, I wasn't. Yeah. I I really I did enjoy this story. I wasn't crazy about using Leia. And you're right, her not having the visceral reaction. Um, when Obi-Wan dies, yeah, it was kind of felt a little weird, but at the same time, a point we've made in a previous, uh, episode was she was a little kid. You, you yeah. may not remember right. everything. Remember I don't remember every, every interaction I've had with everybody, even big events. I don't remember half of those from when I was right. 10. I try to forget you guys every day. I, I like, so I, I think uh, my point was was Leia worth having the show based on the quality of the show? Like I said, if it's an amazing show, you, I mean, you can even break canon if it's an amazing piece of lore, regardless of what franchise or universe it is. 
that in itself doesn't bother me. But if you're breaking canon for it only to be mediocre or below, it's like, was it really worth it to, you know, make us like? She was necessary from it in this sense. We weren't getting Luke going on some crazy adventure. No, and I didn't want that. But but me. Leia going on this crazy adventure makes sense, and it's the only thing that would have gotten him off the planet. Uh, so that, again, maybe a Jedi pleading for help. I know the way they wrote him in episode one was like, we've lost, hide, go away. But maybe, you know, look at Fallen Order, you know, Cal Kestis. Mm. He he risked his life for to save younglings or potential force users. He didn't even know. So I think, you know, if you could have written it that way in the show, like maybe Obi-Wan finds out that there's hidden Jedi children or something like that, that if he doesn't leave hiding no one will and they they'll fall victim you know there was other ways i think they could have done it um i i did enjoy parts of leia don't get me wrong but i just like i said i hate to repeat this phrase but ask yourself was the juice worth the squeeze i mean would for you, my cocktail would you was. guys <laughs> would you guys have rather this show been more in line with the kenobi novel which is i mean stakes are dropped way lower and it's more of just Kenobi fighting some Tuscans and relationships with people around Tatooine and no I, I said Homestead is off in the distance like I said I mean, this from day one I would have watched Ewan McGregor act like Bear grills and eat the eyes out of the Neopi <laughs> rather than the show that we got I would have rather watched him piss in some sand and turn it into filtered water uh, uh, yes yeah, I would yeah. have rathered the I mean, Kenobi book because I, I feel like they had to do one or the other. Because if well, he's leaving, if he's leaving Tatooine, like mm -hmm. Connor said, the only way you're going to get him leaving that, leaving his guard, his sentry post, is to take care of the other half of what they're guarding. Mm -hmm. So that was really the only option if it wasn't going to be Luke. So then it's either it's going to be that story, or it's going to be a way lower stakes no chance of having the vader or any other force users probably and just mundane life on tatooine which i well, i would have been honestly fine with i think we have too much tatooine and i think there's a good middle road i just googled it because i just remembered something i want to bring up in this so i hate to go back to legends i know barry it's a zombie but if any you remember <laughs> i love that there, there was a ferris olin he was a padawan and he was part of like the young adult Book series that they would do, like the old Obi Wan Qui Gon series. The new, you know, they were yeah. like two hundred page books. No, there was a, a no, book series it, that was set. I don't remember the name. Jedi right Apprentice. Jedi, yeah. Appren Jedi right, Apprentice that was series. The first one, and then there was a series set right after Revenge of the Sith with this guy who was also in those series called Ferris Olin. He was a Padawan, and he survived the purge. And Obi-Wan found out that he desperately needed help to escape the Empire. So in that children's book, Obi-Wan does make an exception because he says the exact same reaction as he said to Bale, I can't leave. And But he realizes Ferris needs his help. He leaves. Uh, he actually meets up with the young Boba Fett. They help Ferris. Uh, he helps Ferris and Lynn escape because Boba Fett wants to bounty on him since he's a Jedi Padawan. He's worth so much. And then Obi-Wan's like, I'm done. I can't keep leaving like this. There's something important back at Tatooine. So there were other ways they could have gotten him off the planet other than Leia. Again, perspective, whether Leia was worth it to you or not, that's a personal opinion. But there were other paths. It didn't have to be on Tatooine, which Book of Boba Fett was. Uh, you know, I'm done with the desert planet. <laughs> so... Justin is too. Mm -hmm. 
done with that show. I've been done with that dang planet since freaking. <laughs> since it got reintroduced like, to Mandalorian. So <laughs> yeah. bored with it. So, so over it. Uh, guys, I think this pretty much wrapped it up. I got wow. one sip of beer left. That's perfect timing. Yeah, perfect we had time. some goods. We had some bads. Uh, you know, again, season two, it is everything but confirmed. Uh, I have no doubts that we will yeah. be getting season two. Uh, guys, at this point, just letting you know, uh, we probably will be taking a brief break and probably going to our every other week regular release Patreon. Members, don't forget, you two will be still getting four episodes a week, but general public will only be getting two episodes a month. Patreon, a month. you will be getting four. Yes, two yeah, episodes a month. Four general public, a two. week is a lot. <laughs> Yeah, Did I say, is that what I said? Oh, uh, my bad. Like, <laughs> Justin's wow. like, I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> Two episodes a month for the general public. Four episodes for uh, our Patreon. Guys, of course, we'll be covering uh, Andor's coming up. Uh, we are so excited for Bad Batch Less Season 2. Months, Justin, right? Justin cannot wait for Bad Batch Season 2. I mean, he's been telling me every day. How excited tick. he is to, to see Omega again. Tick. We, we, I, I, I haven't tick. seen Bad Batch Season 1. <laughs> what, just, what, Jordan? Uh, I was going to say that we're going to be doing Mystery Science 3000 uh, for Bad Batch Season 2, right? That, that's what's going to be happening. Oh, dude, we, we, can, we can so do <laughs> that. We can so do that. that bad? <laughs> Uh, we, we, we weren't fans of it. There's a lot of people who really, really do like it. We're actually in the minority for, for not liking it. Um, it's not that it's not that it's not good. I think it is a good animated show. It's just the overall where the story started didn't continue and follow through with where it was going. But that could change in season two. Again, we're looking at it from a vacuum. We don't know how many seasons Bad Batch is supposed to be. But guys, thank you for joining us on this week of ConCon's Cantina. I was your boy, it's ConCon, and sitting to my left. The casual kid. And sitting left adjacent. <laughs> and sitting below me the star wars cynic guys we will catch you next time goodbye